today I, I'm going to talk about uh, what I would call three keys to victory. So if you would take that message from a couple of weeks ago, and you say, well, I didn't get to hear that message. Well, go back and, and, and access that on our website and listen to that after the service is over. But uh, if you will couple that with where we're going last week and today, I think that, that you're going to see that the Lord is trying to speak to you if you're in the midst of the battle. And so I want you to get your Bible turned to First Chronicles chapter 14. I'm going to be reading from God's Word translation. I love the way that this is worded. So that's where I'm reading from. First Corinthians or First Chronicles 14 verse 8 says that when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel... All of them came to attack David. I mean, we could preach right there for a while. As soon as the enemy find out you're about to do something, they all attack, don't they? But David heard about it and went out to meet them. Philistines had come and raided the Valley of Rephaim. Now, before I go any further, I want to kind of lay a little foundation here. David has uh, just become the new king of Israel. And... Uh, right out of the chute comes major opposition from from a very formidable in, enemy. And he is pressed right away with the question of how is he going to deal with this situation. I'm going to use this passage that we're talking about today to, to show you what I believe the keys to his victory consisted of. And I also think that those same keys will work for you in the battle that you're facing right now. So... Before we go any further, I know you have your pen and your paper and you're ready to take notes. But before you do that, I want you just to, I really want everybody to just kind of put everything in your lap for a second. And I want you just to kind of close your eyes. And I want you to, even though you're not giving glory to the enemy, what I want you to do before we go any further is I want you to acknowledge the battle that is coming against you. I just want you to let, to let that get in your mind and spirit. You say, well, pastor, I came to church to get away from that. I don't want to think about it. I want you to acknowledge for just a moment what the battle is. I want you to get that in your mind. And then I want you to ask God right now to help you receive this word so that you will act upon it. God, I acknowledge this battle. I, I, I know what it is, and I am going to receive your word today. I don't want to be distracted by any enemy, by any hindering spirit. But Lord, I want to receive this word because I want to, I want to not hear it, but I want to act upon it. Having done that, get your pen and write these down. There's three keys, I believe, according to this passage, to victory in David's life and in ours. In this particular moment in his life, these three things had to happen. And this is what David did and allowed himself to do. And I believe it's going to be very important. The first thing you're going to write down is this. Number one is the first key to this victory is pinpoint prayer. And beside that, you can write not just general and nonspecific. And what do I mean by that? I want you to look back at this now at verse 10. David asked God, should I attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord answered, attack, I will hand them over to you. So, so God very clearly 
understands and responds to David's request. Now, David could have prayed and it could could have been so all over the place it could have made not any sense at all and God still would have known the intention of his heart, right? But I want you to take notice of something here. God clearly responds to David's request. David says, should I attack? God says, attack. Will you hand them over to me? God says, I will hand them over to you. Specific questions receiving specific answers. A lot of people pray prayers that are so vague and so generalized and so all over the place, then then they don't understand why God doesn't answer them and God is answering them, but because they have not given any pinpoint specifics to it, they wouldn't know if God did answer them. What do you mean by that? Could it be that your requests are so confused and so all over the place that you haven't left God a clear avenue to answer you by? I don't know. Could it be that you're praying prayers that even if God answers, there is no gauge for their success? Prayers like this, and about everybody in this room is about to say, oh me. But when you find yourself in a bad spot and you say to God, God, fix it, make it better. And you say, why doesn't he? And God's saying, fix what? Make what better? Well, you should know. Well, I do know. Well, you should act. I am acting. Well, you should fix it. You wouldn't know it if I did fix it. You don't. You haven't even formulated what it is, which is why before we started, I said, I want you to get that in your mind. What is the specific battle? Because you're going to need to pray a specific prayer. Pastor David Jeremiah gave his illustration years ago. He said, have you ever prayed a prayer something like, oh, Lord, be with cousin Billy now in a special way? We laugh because, yeah, we pray those prayers every day. But how many of you? New moms and dads, the first time that you were leaving your newborn baby with the babysitter would say to her, please be with this child in a special way. Or would you rather say, he or she can have one snack before bedtime. Here's how you make the bottle and here's where everything is and here's the diapers. And oh, by the way, she's or he's been struggling with this or that. And we always pray this prayer. And we always read this book. And, and, and if you need us, here's the number where we're going to be. And he's starting to, starting to make sense, huh? We say to God, God, fix it. When instead, whatever that is, if you would specifically pinpoint that situation, I say to you, what do you need prayer for? I don't know. I just, I've been having these headaches here lately. Well, okay, let's pray for a headache. I mean, I can get up right now and I could say to this congregation, hang on a minute, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to me, somebody here's got a headache. Well, I don't have to be a prophet or a magician to note that out of today, during the course of our services, several hundreds of people that will be here, there's probably going to be a hundred people with headaches. 
Some of them are going to be because they got a tooth that's causing their head to hurt. Some of them's going to be they got a headache because of sinus. Some of them's got a headache because they've got to get in a bad cold. I don't know what the specifics are, but I could say, I just feel like somebody here has got a headache. Some of it might be migraine. Some of it might be, I don't know what it might, what it's in reference to. It might be because of the terrible fight you had with your spouse on the way to church. I don't know, but I'm saying that you need to be able to specify what's going on. Lord, I'm sure tired of taking these BC powders. I wish this headache would go away. When instead the prayer might look something like this. God, you know that tooth that I've been having problems with that's going all the way up through my ear and into my brain and causing my head to hurt every day and I haven't been able to get to the dentist yet and I don't have the money to go? God, would you touch that tooth? I mean, God, I'm touch that tooth right there in the name of Jesus. I want all of that pain to go away. Oh, oh, that's what you're talking about. Instead of a vague general, God make it better. God be with all the hungry people in the world. Lord, for every person who's struggling, I pray. And we have to pray those kind of prayers, those broad brush prayers. Sometimes we have to pray, especially from up up here. But when we want to get right down to it, when we start praying, and some of these people up here today... We need to pinpoint and specifically call out what's going on. Lord, I pray that the cartilage in that knee that the doctor says has disappeared, that you will replace it. You're the creator of all things. Heal the, right? Instead of, Lord, poor old Dina Berry's knee's hurting. I ask that you touch her knee. I don't know which one it is. or what. Just touch her knee and everybody else's knee. Touch everybody's knee. Everybody knee in the church has got, everybody's got knee pain. Touch everybody's knee. David didn't say, oh God, there's an enemy out there. Fix it. Win this. He said, should I attack? Will you give us the victory? God says, attack. That's pretty specific. I will give you the victory. That's pretty specific. Got the point? We can move on. Let's pray pinpoint specific prayers regarding these battles. Number two is over-the-top obedience. This is obedience that is above and beyond the acceptable. Check this out. Look at 1 Chronicles 14, 11. We just continue the passage. So David and his men attacked and defeated the, the Philistines. And David said, using my power like an overwhelming flood, God has overwhelmed my enemies. That's why they call the place bel which means the Lord overwhelms. And the Philistines left their gods there, so David ordered that the gods be burned. Now, David obeys the Lord attacks and defeats the enemy, gives God all the glory. He has this overwhelming defeat of his enemy. But notice what he does after that. After the battle, David orders that all of the enemy's idols be rounded up and burned. God didn't tell him to do that, but God had said do that in the past. God had always said in the past, every time you defeat your enemies, make sure that you do this. But in this specifically at this time, God did. But here's David saying, Lord, I'm so thankful for the victory. I, I'm thankful that we defeated the enemy, but and I'm going to do everything you asked me to do. And God, I'm going to even go beyond. You didn't even say to burn the idols, but I'm burning them too, because I don't want to just defeat this enemy. I want to annihilate him. See that? It's not just enough 
I'm not going to do just enough to get by. I'm not going to do just enough to pacify God. God, I'm going to go all out on this. I'm going to whip this devil, and after I whip this devil, I'm going to give you praise, and I'm going to testify, and I'm going to tell people, and I'm going to pray for other people, and I'm going to believe God. See, it's not just enough to receive the answer to the prayer, but here's this over-the-top obedience. I'm taking this obedience thing to a whole new level. This I want, I, I want to obey God down to the very jot and tittle and i want to go beyond it's kind of like the story i heard of a of a, a, a dad who had five small children at home and he won a he won a toy in a raffle and he had to decide which of the five kids he was going to give this to so he rounds all of them up and he said oh i know this one he cuts it into five pieces right no that's that's not how this goes so he's got all the kids rounded up and he's trying to determine which one is deserving of the toy? And so he says to the children, who is the most obedient, who never talks back to mother, who does everything she says? And all of them said, you do, daddy. We need to be like daddy in that story. Who never talks back to God, who does everything he tells them to do. Hmm? Who is the most obedient? That needs to be us. Over the top obedience. And number three is laser focused attention to the details. What are we doing here? We're listening. We're listening for differences or changes in God's next instructions. Here's why this is going to be important. Let me read this to you first. Look at verse 13. The Philistines again raided the valley. And I wish they'd stay whipped. Those old Philistines just keep coming back. Once more, David asked God. And God answered him. Don't go after them. Circle around and come at them in front of the balsam trees. And as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees, then go out and fight because God has gone ahead of you to defeat the Philistine army. Now, this is important. This enemy's been defeated. But they don't stay defeated. Now, in the, in, the, in the course of the long term, we know that God wins. He always wins. He's already won and it's done, right? But for us, we will go from battle to battle and the battle will always rage for us. Now, that's not encouraging, which means that sometimes you'll face the same enemy more than once, which is why it's important in the last point, that you try to annihilate him. Do everything you can to defeat him and destroy him. Go over the top in your obedience. But until the Lord comes back, to, comes back after us, we are always going to contend with the enemy, and he's always going to keep coming at us in some form or fashion. David did what he could to destroy these folks and to annihilate them, but enough of them were still left that here they come again, and here's where we make a mistake. Many times we look at the situation, we say, well, I won last time doing this. Hmm? The last time I was in this circumstance, here's what we did and it worked. So let's go. Now, what if David would have done that in this occasion? He would have gotten defeated. And then he'd have been crying and, and, and wondering, where's God? And God would say, I'm over here. I'm the one you didn't ask. 
See, God wants to defeat the devil. We'll do it every time. Does it his way. Here's what you've got to understand. Sometimes God gives you the strength, as in the first occasion here, to go out and face the enemy and defeat him. Other times, God goes out and defeats the enemy for you and lets you come in later and clean up what's left. If David didn't ask God this time which way that was going to be, he might have went out the way he went the first time in his own strength, strength given to him by God, and he'd have gotten whipped. Because God was saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm the one that throw these pitches at the devil, and I've decided this time I'm not going to throw him a curve, I'm going to throw him a slider. And, and you can't get ahead of me, and you can't get behind me, but every time you get into battle, you need to ask me every time what we're doing this time. Make sense? So there's that laser-focused attention to details. We can't just think that we know how this needs to go. These skirmishes, I think, are necessary because they keep us focused and they keep us dependent and they keep us motivated so the devil keeps coming back. And here's a statement you may not like, but it's true. It doesn't matter how many times we have to fight the devil just so long as we win every time. Right? Right. That's not what we want to hear because we really want to hear, I want to win, I want to beat the devil, and then I want to live my life and not have to mess with him anymore. But God says that's not how your life's going to be. Your, battles, your life's going to be a series of, of battles and wins if you follow me. It's not going to be a series of win one time and then live life and, and retire and have an awesome time. It's going to be win a battle here, win a battle here, win a battle here, win a battle here, win a battle here. And when you're done winning battles, he'll bring you home. It's necessary for you to do that. It's necessary for you to endure that because all of that gives you character and all of that makes you strong and all of that boosts your faith. So God is going to, He's he, even though the battle is won, ultimately the enemy's going to keep fighting you until the Lord takes you home. But the promise is, is that you're going to win every time. If you decide to, if you'll, if you'll go the right way, you're going to win every time. But you're going to have to keep winning. It's not going to be a one or two time thing. So this is what God is saying to him. You need to listen to me and you need to pay attention to the details. So every time that the enemy rises back up, you don't just go in your own strength and you don't go the way you went last time, but you come back to me and you ask me what we're doing this time. How are we going to do it this time? And look, notice how specific God was. He even called out the kind of tree. He said, you'll hear the rustling in the top. We know the song. You'll hear the rustling in the top of the mulberry tree. That's going to be the sound of me going ahead of you. I mean, he lays out the specific details so that David and the army know exactly when to move and where to go and what to do because God has given him all the specifics, which if he had tried to go in his own strength the way he went the last time with God's help, he'd have missed all that. Then when he gets defeated, he'd be like, where are you at? And God said, well, if you'd have asked me, I would have told you that I was going to win this one for you and you were going to clean up afterwards. And you would have known that because you would have heard the sound in the mulberry trees that you heard and didn't know what it was because you didn't ask. Would have been the sound of me going ahead of you. Attention to details. So I'm about to wrap this up, but but I I read a story that that I thought illustrated this beautifully of a a, a young lady who who was becoming a nurse and she was uh, she was being tested, and she was in uh, in a surgery with the doctor, and and her job was to 
to count the sponges and make sure that that everything that got put in got taken out before the patient was sewed back up. And and so when he finishes the surgery, uh, he says, okay, that's 12 sponges in, 12 out. Let's sew him up. And she says, no, 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 that's only 11. He says, no, it's 12. Go ahead, y'all. She says, no, that's only 11. He says, no, suture. She said, think of the patient. You can't do this. There's still one missing. And the doctor smiled and lifted his foot and revealed the 12th one that he had dropped and put his foot over. And he said to her, you'll do. He wanted to make sure that she was going to pay attention to the details because that was her job. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to be paying attention to the details so that we don't miss what it is that he's trying to tell us. It's the third key to victory. What are the results? Look at this, verse 16. So David did as God ordered him. And his men defeated the Philistine army from Gibeon all the way to Gezer. And David's fame spread through all the lands, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. The Lord did that. Aren't those our desired results too? Isn't that what we want to see as well? Victory over the devil every time is necessary, and it's possible. Every time it's possible. My question to you is, how are you doing in this present battle? Should you start utilizing these keys right now? Should you start putting these things to practice? That's why when we started, I said, I want you to lay everything down for a minute, and I want you to, I want you to acknowledge in your heart and in your mind, I want you to acknowledge that battle. What is that battle? I want you to acknowledge that. And then I want you to say, God, help me, not just to hear today, but to put into practice these words. So what are they? When you come to the altar today and you spread that Bible out and you start looking at those notes and you start praying, what are you going to do? Well, what is the battle? I'm going to pray specifically. Pinpoint accuracy. We are going to pray right to the heart of the situation. We're not just going to pray around it. We're not going to pray in vagueness, but we are going to pray pinpoint specifics over this particular battle. We are going to purpose in our heart that whatever God tells us to do we're going to obey it and we're going to we're going to take it over the top it's not going to be enough to just do enough but we're God we're going to obey you to the full extent that we can we're going to try to defeat this enemy and annihilate this enemy we're going to obey you and then Lord when the enemy comes back we're going to come back to you again and ask you specifically, what do we do? How are we going to win this time? Lord, we are going to learn a lesson through all of this, that through the rest of our lives, every time we're faced with a battle, the correct st- structure for us is to come to you first and ask, what do you want us to do next? God has shown through this passage that when he answers, he answers with great clarity. The second time, even more so than the first. Down to the type of tree and the sound in the tree. and I, I mean, say, I don't ever hear from God. God doesn't answer me. What do you, what do your prayers sound like? Are you praying too vaguely for you to know if God answers? These are the keys to victory. It, I believe it's time for you to win and keep winning don't just win every once in a while and then suffer the losses but I'm saying 
As a child of God, you're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. I want you to win and learn how to keep winning. I wish I could tell you I want you to win and then learn how to never have another battle. The Bible doesn't teach me that one. I've read it several times and I haven't found that one yet. Looks to me like we're going to keep having the battle. So what's important is that I learn how to win and keep winning. And that's what we're going to do. What is your battle? You know you had it, you've had it in your mind. What is your battle? I want you to bring your Bible and your notes. I want you to come get down on your knees, one of these altars or one of these seats. Go around the building, wherever you want to go. They're going to lead us in a song. And during this song, I want you to get on your face before the Lord. And I want you to begin to practice these keys to victory. This morning, what is it? Pinpoint prayer. And obedience to whatever he tells you to do as you leave here. That third one will kick in later. Are we ready? Are we ready? I want to ask you for everybody to do me a favor and stand to your feet for just a few minutes. We do this so that if somebody wants to get out so that they can get to the altar, they can do so without having to trip over everybody. And uh, I know you understand that. I want everybody to, this is a house of prayer. I want everybody to be praying anyway. You can pray right there where you're standing or you can sit or you can go wherever you want to go. But I want us to be in a position so that the folks that that this is their word specifically today and they are wanting to get to an altar. I want them to be able to get out and get to an altar. So as Shelley leads us in this song, I want you to just begin to make your way to one of these places of prayer. As we said earlier, don't, don't leave during this time because we're going to dedicate some children here in a few minutes. But let's spend a few minutes right now with the Lord, allowing that word to get from here all the way to here. Amen? God bless y'all. Let's pray.